We're going to be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26 out of the New Living Translation. 1 Corinthians 14. And uh, it says this. Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, why don't you underline those words right there? When you meet together. When, take your pen there in your notes, and, and it's kind of small font, but if you can get your pen under that, uh, underline those words. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation of of uh, special revelation God has given one will speak in tongues and another will interpret what is said but everything that is done must strengthen all of you you might want to underline those words as well though I'm not going to really be talking about that last phrase much it is the case that that when we meet together the the purpose and the intent is the strengthening of all of us in our own life and walk in the Lord and so uh, it's very clear that the Bible says we should do that. Now you'll notice I had you underline the words uh, when we meet together because there is this underlining, underlying assumption that Christians should and do and will gather together frequently. Uh, and the purpose again is, is that for the strengthening of them all. And so we all come together. We bring all of the, the gifts and, bene and talents and whatever we have that adds to the buildup and encouraging of uh, all of those who have gathered. Now, if we read Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says this, And let us not neglect our meeting together. Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day uh, of his returning is drawing near. You see, again we read the Bible talks about our meeting together. Our, our, uh, when you think about following Jesus and being a disciple of the Lord, following Jesus was never meant to be a lonely journey. It was never meant to be uh, just you going off and slugging it out your whole life on your own or any of us. It was always meant to be that we would do it in concert, that all of us together, all believers, the believers would be connected with other believers and Christians together would walk out this journey of faith. And so it's something we're supposed to do together. But now, I've heard, and you may have as well, numerous people say such things as, you know, well, I believe in God, but I don't like to talk about it. It's kind of a private matter, and what I do with God is kind of private and my deal, and so I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that. And the problem with that is, is that's not the way God intended people to do their journey of faith, a, a private matter. It really is supposed to be a public matter. It is supposed to be that. You know, it's going to be pretty tough to go and, and make disciples if we are kind of doing a private thing with God. It's pretty hard to multiply in, in winning people to Jesus if it's a private thing. And the problem is, is that when we are private in our walk with God, uh, most of the time what you see is people who do that really secretly and privately are actually struggling in some way in their, in their intimate relationship with God. Uh, nobody knows it maybe, 
Uh, or maybe people do know it, but they kind of keep it quiet. And when you are not doing life together in the Lord with others, you tend to have a weaker relationship with God. God wants us to meet together. And so such meetings as this and many other ones, of course, that we do. So why is meeting together uh, a value? Why does God value and desire us to meet together? Well, you can put in your notes this one. It's an opportunity to get closer to God. An opportunity to get closer to God. <clears throat> Most of us probably recognize that there is a tendency, uh, given the right, all the right stuff, there's a tendency for people to drift in their relationship to God. If we're doing life together in the Lord and we're meeting together and walking together this life in the Lord, there is less vulnerability to us drifting off in our relationship to God. We need each other. And so if we are gathering together, it gives us opportunity to, to, to uh, certainly grow in the Lord together. If you think about it, the last uh, four weeks we've talking about the kinds of things that that Jesus kind of summarizes it all. Jesus summarizes the whole thing when somebody asked him, what's the most important thing? If, if we could put down the, the top thing, Lord, that we just should not fail at, in all the commandments and everything that the, that the book says, what should we remember? He simplifies it, boils it all down to two things, and he says, love God and love people. If you'll do those two things, then you're going to be just fine. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love others as yourself. And he said, if you do those two things, then you're going to be able to fulfill basically everything that God expects of us. And of course, we talked about uh, challenging people. How do you love challenging people? Because some people, how many here have discovered that there are some people that are a little difficult to love? Anybody find? How many have never found a single person difficult to love? Okay. Well, we won't have any altered time right now then, because you know, everybody's telling the truth. We do discover that there are people in our lives that we encounter that just make it hard, make it hard to love them. And uh, so when we gather together in groups, when we gather together, you are growing together in a way that helps us stay close to God, and it leads us to the second thing, which is this, an opportunity to connect with newfound friends. An opportunity to connect with newfound friends. It's hard to love some people, but if you can find a group of people that love the Lord and that you can connect with, you may in fact get some new friends uh, and secondly, you discover that, that those newfound friends help you grow in the Lord and you help them as well. Everybody, every one of us needs other people in our lives. We, we need other people. God never intended this to be a lonely journey. It can be at times a challenging journey. How many have discovered that? It may, it's not supposed to be a lonely journey, but there was no problem, no promise that it would never be challenging. In fact, Jesus promised that it would be challenging at times. And, and so we need each other. We need each other when we face those challenges. Sometimes we're aware of the, the uh, battles that we have in life. 
And again, our battle isn't oftentimes whether we should love God or not. Our battle is, is how we relationally deal with other people around us. Sometimes that's difficult. And we need each other. The Bible says that reality is this, that our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, spiritual powers that have come into play. And when you are in a battle with somebody else, you have to always remind yourself that, you know what, this individual who is being very challenging right now to love you know, there's something behind all of this, and I've got to break through, and I've got to figure out how to love them. We need each other. So when you come together and mean, guess what? When you come together as, as, a, as a body of believers, the, the church, we'll never get it right every time. Sometimes people will like some of the things we do, and some of the, in the same room at the same moment, other people will hate what we're doing. Some people will absolutely hate it, and other people will absolutely love what we're doing. In, in terms of ministry, even in some of the outreach, some people totally agree we should do this, and other people totally agree we should not do this. It's, it's not easy to please all the people all the time. Have you? I can't even please myself all the time. How can I please others you know, all the time? This is impossible. So small, being a part of a, a, a group of people meeting together gives us an opportunity to connect with newfound friends. Then there's another one, an opportunity to be included. An opportunity to be included. There are times when people feel as if they're not needed. Maybe they're a little bit quiet and they're not as aggressive as others or, or maybe uh, for whatever reason uh, they, they just tend to kind of feel excluded. And, uh, and that's hard. You know, some people feel like they're on the outside, and how can they ever get on the inside? Especially when a group of people have been together for a long time, and someone tries to be a part of that. It's tough to, to break into that a little bit. You know, do you think it's possible to stand in the middle of a gigantic crowd and still feel lonely and alone? Absolutely. Absolutely it is possible. And uh, therefore, it's important that we're a part of something that gives us opportunity to be needed. When we opened with the verses that we opened with, the Bible says, we could, don't forget to meet, don't neglect meeting with each other in Hebrews. Don't, don't neglect that because you can encourage one another when you meet together. Uh, we, we need to bring all of our different gifts and abilities together. When we meet together for the purpose of strengthening one another, we need to meet with one another. It helps us have a chance to be included. Here's another one. An opportunity to have healthy guardrails for living. We need guardrails in our life. Every one of us do. And the minute we think that we're so spiritual that we don't need any more guardrails is the minute that you begin to just kind of break out through the guardrails that God uh, has for us. We need each other. We need guardrails. And of course, the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit and the conviction of the Holy Spirit are great guardrails. But you know the enemy of your soul, he knows the right buttons to push. He knows the right buttons to push. And if he pushes them and you have a perfect storm of events, now what happens is, is that in a perfect storm of events, you blow out of the guardrails that keep you walking straight with God and with others. Love God, love people. Given the right different circumstances, you might not be so loving. 
I might not be so loving, giving the right circumstances. It can happen. So we need to have guardrails. They're not only the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, but we need each other because we provide guardrails for each other. Every Tuesday morning, I meet with a group of men. have been doing that for, I don't know, probably 10 years or so. Every Tuesday morning. We get together, we break out our journals, we share what we've, we've read, we share what we have written in our journals related to the Word of God that we've been studying, we share that together, we laugh together, we tell each other our frustrations and things we're, we're, we're you know, having struggles with, we just talk, we just be, we're just friends, and we share the Word of God together every single Tuesday morning. We've been doing it so long now, the, the, uh, the waitress named Arlene happens to be here. Her name is Arlene. She doesn't even have to. She just says, "You want the usual? Yeah, just give me the usual. Thank you." She she knows exactly what. But see, those men become guardrails for each other. They they help each other. See, we share our frustrations before our frustrations become our failures. And so it's important that we hang out together. It's an it's an opportunity for guardrails. Another one is this. An opportunity for greater pastoral care in times of need. An opportunity for greater pastoral care in times of need. Sometimes the need, the needs become so desperate, so big, and so many that one person just can't do it all. It's impossible. And yet the need is still there. And far too often, human need falls through the cracks. And, and people that need help, you know, don't get it. It's too much for one or two individuals to do. We need each other. And in, when we meet together and you get to know other people and are intimately acquainted with them, you're developing some friendships and fellowship and relationships that when you're in need, they know it and they can help minister to it. Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of, discon of discontent. Isn't that incredible? The early church, how can it be? This is, the, this is where we all started. This is the foundation. This is, the, this is what tells us how to do church. And right off the bat, rumblings of discontent. So, you know, things aren't any different today than they were back then. We're still human, and we still have our, have our stuff. Now, here's what it says. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, and so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and full of the Holy Spirit and, uh, and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the Word. Now, lest somebody misunderstand the heart of what's going on here, it's not like the Twelve are saying, we're, we're, this, food programs are below us. We can't spend our time doing that. We, you know, we've got to spend our time in prayer and in reading and teaching the word you know because we're so spiritual that wasn't the intent at all the intent was is is that the need is so great 
that those who had the responsibility to lead and cast vision and to teach people and help people grow in discipleship in the word of God and in relationship to God, the need was so great they didn't have time to talk to God. That's incredible. They didn't have time to prepare adequately to help people grow and be discipled in the Lord. So they said, so we, we don't have time to do all of this, and yet it's an important need. So we need to organize ourselves to make sure that those needs get met. And so they did, and they appointed some guys, and they began to put together some organizational plans that people could do that. Well, the best place and the best way to do that is when we're meeting in groups and people know each other, and when your need is, when people are aware of it, they respond to it, because they know you, they love you, they care for you. Some of the greatest outpouring of help and care that ever happens is when we ask for help for someone that everybody knows. And some of the least amount is when we ask for help and nobody's ever heard of the person before. Well, I don't know. Who is that? I don't know. Have you heard of them? No, I don't know. Well, okay, I don't You know, let somebody else do it that knows them then. And, and then suddenly they don't have any relationship. There's nothing to help them. And they're kind of lacking out there because the help isn't there. We need each other. And meeting together helps to facilitate relationships by which we can fulfill the Lord's commandment to love God and love people when we get together and we get to know each other if you think about it the uh, uh, the value of meeting of meeting together if you put it in a different context we get so busy at times in life that we aren't able to adequately prepare for things that are coming up and things might even sneak up on us at times where we're, we're not even aware of but if you think about this if if today we all got a message that uh, starting this next Wednesday for one solid week, this entire area, all the water would be shut off and there'd be no water available starting next Wednesday for an entire week. What would we be doing today, tomorrow, Monday, you know, Tuesday? We'd be storing water. We'd be filling our tubs up with water, our sinks with water, every pot, every pan. We'd go buy some containers, fill those full of water. We don't want to risk running out of water. So we would prepare for what's coming up based upon we know it's coming up. So, so we would do that. If, if you heard, uh, if you heard uh, today that uh, starting the uh, 1st of April... Uh, the power grid was going to go down and uh, we would be out of electricity. There would be no electricity power to your homes at all for uh, a month. What would we start doing? We'd move to California. No. <laughs> they, seem, they seem to have everything down there for everybody, right? I don't know. <laughs> the... Uh, no, we, we, what we'd do is we'd, we'd go out and buy a mass of candles. We'd go get ourselves uh, a, uh, uh, some, some fuel of some sort, wood to heat our homes, and whatever we could do, we would start preparing for it because we know it's coming up. If you heard that starting the 1st of June, uh, we would run completely out of gasoline, there'd be no fuel for vehicles whatsoever, and it will take till the 1st of September to, to even begin to get a trickling back we'd begin to store up gasoline in preparation of that. 
we'd go out and buy bicycles. We'd go out and, and buy Harleys, and we would, we'd, you know, save a little less so the gas is better in a Harley. And you and you you do all this stuff in preparation. But how many have already discovered that in your life, sometimes you run up against something, a trouble, a desperate need that you never saw coming? Is that possible? It absolutely does. So you don't have time to prepare for it. But yes, you do. See, the way in which you prepare for it is, is that you make sure you have close friendships that you're always hanging out with, people that you, you worship the Lord with, people that you hang out together with, so that when you hit a time of desperation, a time of need, and you didn't see it coming, there is a group of people that know you, love you, care about you, and are there to help you in the time of need. But if you do a lonely journey of faith, you're out there on your own, and you're just trying to do life, and, and that's it, now there's no place to turn. There isn't anywhere to go, and you start trying to go to agencies, and you try to go everywhere you can go. But if you have a group of people that you meet with regularly in the Lord, it makes a difference makes a huge difference in your walk in your life in the Lord what is the what is the downside to meeting with others on a regular basis it takes time it takes time the very thing most of us say we don't have you know if we don't have anything it's it's time most of us are so busy with the just the busyness of doing life we don't have time to add one more thing. Pastor, if you're going to ask me to do one more thing, that's just going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. I just can't do it. It's too much. The problem with that is, is that what we discover is, is that we get, when, when you're just so busy, you know, Wayne Cordero talks about having a, a, a reservoir of energy all of us have. And there are certain things that suck the life out of that reservoir. Can you think of the kinds of things that, that draw down your energy level, that draw down the reservoir of internal strength to do life? Can you think of any of those kinds of things? Think about, you know, someone just shout out one real quick to me. Some, some relationships can absolutely suck the life out of you. There's no question about it. Is there, give me one more. Jobs, going to work. What else did I hear? illness these things just draw down draw down what'd you say dad kids see I just just a minute just a second I'm gonna take him out of my will <laughs> there are things that just draw down our, our energy level You've got a big hole in the bottom of your bucket. You have to refill that. And if you don't take time to refill it, pretty soon you become so weary, so broken down that it's impossible for you to minister life to anybody else, let alone yourself. You have to refill it. And so it takes time to do that. It takes time. You know, there are a num number of ways in which you can say, well, you can refill your bucket. You know, I uh, say, refill your bucket. I, I've, that happens for me when I can just spend time with, uh, with my wife and my kids and, and hang out just with them. My, my, my kids, I get strength from, Dad. And, we, uh, and we, we fill that bucket back up, you know. Um, 
going golfing with friends fills up my bucket. Uh, meeting with people, worshiping the Lord together sincerely fills my bucket. When I come to church and I can sit back and I can worship the Lord or I'm meeting with some other folks at Tuesday morning, meeting with those men every Tuesday morning fills up my bucket. I feel better after I have met with those men on Tuesday mornings. Uh, they're a huge help to me. Another group of men that I meet with regularly is the board members of our church. And those guys fill my bucket up. They help me. They're, they're a point of wisdom. They're a point of strength to me. They're a point of encouragement to me. They help me. And so if you don't have those places in which you can fill your bucket back up, pretty soon it drains down and you just are good for nothing, not even yourself, because you've been drained dry. And you become very vulnerable as well. You become vulnerable to temptation. The weaker you get, the more weary you become, the more vulnerable you are to the temptations of the enemy. Here's what the wisdom of the Bible says, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So before we read any further, think about what are you feeding? If you're just always feeding the flesh and you never feed your spirit, you're sowing corruption to yourself. You wear out. You can't keep doing that. We need to find places and ways to fill up our bucket. Verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. It's one of the reasons, that's one of the verses that really causes me to say... I don't get all hung up over people having to be in church every single time the doors open. I mean, it's always nice, and it, and it helps me to know that people have made a commitment to, uh, to the Lord and to the house of God and to one another that they do that. But on the other hand, there are times you can become weary in doing good things. And so the Bible says you've got to kind of guard against that a little bit. Make sure you're feeding your spirit. Now, you hope that going to church feeds your spirit. But I'll tell you what also feeds my spirit. Sometimes just going with Arlene somewhere and hanging out feeds my spirit. Uh, now, if I just do that all the time and I don't feed my spirit with the things of God uh, in coming to church and worshiping the Lord, then that's going to be problematic because then my spirit will dry up. I'll drift off as well that way. We need a balanced meal and we need to be sure that we're feeding our spirit. Don't grow weary in doing good by any means. So we've done, what we've done is, is we have developed an avenue of ministry at the intersection. At the intersection, an avenue of ministry that uh, absolutely, I believe, has huge value to it. Because the Bible says we shouldn't forsake the meeting of ourselves together. We, when you meet together, you know, these things should happen. And that avenue of ministry is called Converge converge or converge groups and uh, there are four different things that become important to why we meet in converge groups some churches call them small groups they call them life groups they call them all kinds of things and I want to encourage you to consider being a part of one of these converge groups uh, coming together converge coming together with other people there's there's four real important reasons the first one is spiritual <clears throat> 
It's spiritual. We all need to stay connected to God. One of the things we've already talked about this morning is, is that we have a tendency to drift from God as people. And given the right set of circumstances, the enemy of your soul knows how to get you to be so busy that you don't have time to stay true with God. And so there's a spiritual need that we have. And coming together in converged groups adds to that. Another one is friendship. Friendship. We can talk about fellowship. We all need a friend. One of the primary reasons that people drop out of a congregation is because they never were able to make a friend in that church. We need friendships. God did not intend for us to do life alone. You know, we have accountability within those friendships. We have care that happens within those friendships. You know, from the very beginning, uh, when Adam and Eve were first made, you remember God said, it's not good for man to be alone. You see uh, Cain and Abel, and Cain murders his brother Abel, and God goes looking for him, and, and God says, hey, where's your brother? And Cain says, am I, your, am I my brother's keeper? Well, yeah, absolutely, you are your brother's keeper. We have responsibility towards one another and to help one another, and it's to our benefit that we do because you don't know what's coming. And so if we have friendships, those friends, those friends will be there for you in time of need, which leads us to number three, personal care. Everyone goes through hard times. Every one of us goes through hardships. We need each other. And so when you've got a group of people that you're hanging out with on a regular basis, uh, then that, uh, those folks will be there for you, you know, and, and they will help you, whatever it is. Now, I want to just stop for a minute and say that what I'm talking about this morning is a very practical issue related to our own discipleship, our own growing in Jesus. But this shouldn't... But these things here shouldn't even be the law. It's not like, okay, now we all have to do this. No, 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 no. No, we live by, by, we live by grace through faith, not of our works. So you don't get any brownie points in heaven if, you, if you're a part of a converged group. You don't lose any brownie points in heaven if you're not a part of a converged group. But there are some things that are good for us that help us and benefit us that we just make certain choices and say, this is what I'm going to do because, because it's to my benefit. So I'm going to do this. And I need, I need to be sure that my spiritual life is growing. I need, I need friends who will walk with the Lord. Uh, some of us need some new friends because our old ones aren't living for God and we need some new friends. And personal care. Sometimes people just fall through the cracks. We need that. So the choices you make now help in the future in our own walk in the Lord. The last one is this, service. Service. See, in converged groups, there will be, uh, each converged group is, is looking at like twice a year taking on some kind of a service project. It might be really small, or it might be very large. It could be one group might say, hey, we're going to volunteer at the auction next year kind of thing. Or, or it might be that at Christmas, a group says, somebody in that particular converged group says, hey, you know, I, I got a neighbor It's really struggling, lost their job two months ago. Christmas is here. They got 14,000 children in their home, and uh, there is no way, there's no way they need, they need some help. And the group says, hey, let's take that on as a project. Let's, let's get them some food for Christmas and Thanksgiving, and, and uh, let's put some, some gifts together, and we'll go over there and, and, and sing Silent Night at their door and hand them the stuff and, and just bless them. 
And it's, and it's done. It's very simple. But it gives us an opportunity to serve. And why is that important? Because people grow best when they serve. That's when you grow best. The Bible's very, very clear about it. It's, it's better to be a giver than it is a taker. And if we spend our whole life taking, 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 and we never give, then we're, we're going to have a harder time growing. So twice a year, each group, and it's their own, they, they come up with it whenever they want to. It does, there's not a timing to it, and there's not a, there isn't any criteria to it. It's just the group says, hey, I know a, a something. Could, could we go do this? And good. And the group says, nah, you know, it's not going to work because I can't be there. I can't be there. And so they pass on it. But another one comes up, and they say, yeah, you know, we can all do that. Let's do it together. Let's make it happen. And uh, they work together on it. Because when you do life together, that's the way God intended. That's the reason why the Bible describes His church as a body. We're a body. And, and, and the Bible says that, that in that body, every joint supplies something. See, it's, the healthiest bodies are the ones in which every joint is working, our eyes are still seeing clear, our ears are still seeing, we still can smell, we still can taste, we can still walk, we can still run, we can still use our hands. It's a healthy body. But when something dries up and now your hand is crippled up, your body is a little, little less capable and it's a little harder to do life. But when we all share something, and we all share something together, then we are stronger for it. The very first verse I read to you. Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, everybody brings something. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. You see, why, why is it important that we find time and that we make time to do life together? Because we get stronger. And I want to be stronger as a Christian, not weaker. I want to have a strong faith in him. So I need you, and you need each other. And we need to find occasion to fill up that bucket when it's getting lower. And you meet together who will pray with people who will pray for you, that will encourage you, not bring you down. If you're in a group, and every time you get to that group, they rip you to shreds, find another group. <laughs> because the whole point is to build up, not tear down. So they're converge groups. What does the word converge mean? It means to come together at a specific point. So you've got two streams coming together, they make one river. Two or more streams coming together, they make one strong river. As a follower of Jesus, you are not meant to walk this life alone. God wants us to do it together. And when we do it together, we become stronger. This morning out in the foyer, Isaac will be out there, and, and uh, there's numbers of different converge groups. There's a number of people that are going to lead a group. If you want to lead a group, just let us know. Uh, if you want to be a part of one, stop and see Isaac. You see, I don't know which one to be a part of. Stop and see Isaac. He'll help you out. Uh, if one of your friends is leading one, join that one. You know, you might as well be a part of one that you already feel good about. If you don't know anybody, no problem. We'll help you get a part of one so you can get a friend. And you can become friends with other people. Because when we do life together in the Lord, we're a lot stronger for it. Would you bow your head with me? I want you just to, to consider this morning your own life in the Lord. It's life really, Christianity relationships, love God, love people. 
is, is really not so much about obedience, it's about trust. A, a relationship that is based on, on obedience is just kind of a cold, calloused relationship. One that's built on trust, where there is an, an, uh, an intimate knowledge of each other so that you, and you trust one another, that's where relationship can get sweet. So relationship builds over time. It does that way with God as well. We see, you sing a song that something about sweeter as the days go by. You know, every, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. It is absolutely the case for me because I've been living for Jesus for a long time. I trust him more today than I have ever trusted him. I'm more secure in him today than I have ever been, although I've always been insecure in him because he has a pretty good grip on my life. I just didn't know it. It's the same thing with relationships. Arlene and I, we've been married a long time now. And the reality of it is, is that we are better today than we were when we began because we built trust. We walked through fires together and we failed at times and had to reapply ourselves, but we got stronger and stronger. So you, when you meet together, you build relationship of trust where you can share your life with someone where you can say, you know what, I just got to tell you, fellas, I'm really having a hard time. My wife's just on me, on me, and I'm just tired of it. And you know, ladies, as another lady says to you, I'm just, I don't know, there's something wrong in my husband. He never talks to me. He just, you know, he's just so distant from me. And, you know, or someone else says, my kids are just living in such rebellion. I can't, I don't know what to do with it. It just frustrates me. And you've got someone else to talk to about that who, who will love you, who will pray with you. Or maybe you say, you know what, fellas, I got to tell you, I just fouled up on something. I, I goofed this up this week and you know they're going to love you anyway, boy, that helps to refill your bucket because guilt drains our bucket. Condemnation is a big old hole in the bottom of our bucket. But you know when somebody loves you in spite of it and forgives you and helps you, fills your bucket back up. We need each other. I want to encourage you to prayerfully consider uh, being a part of it. Say, I don't have time? Give it a shot. The opening... The opening season is like four or six weeks, and then they'll probably stop for a week or two anyway. Some of them will, some of them won't. But it'll give you a chance to, to see. How is it? Are you growing relationally with others? And if you do, it will benefit your life. I know that it will in the Lord. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, you, you intended us to do life together. We are a body of believers, not not just individuals who can function on our own. We need each other, much like our body needs everything that every joint supplies. We need each other. And Lord, I pray that you would just help us, Lord, to make a decision to be a part of some other people's lives, to make time for that, so that, Lord, we will be able to have in place, before anything comes up, we'll have in place those those opportunities that will strengthen us and that we'll get to strengthen others, that we don't just live for ourselves, we'll be able to live for a greater purpose, helping one another. We thank you for it, Lord. Help us to converge in you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Consider it. Now, two things. One, that sign-up's out in the foyer, but down underneath my office in the 